Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book at least 10 minutes at a time. Next 10 minutes, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 13, verses 17 to 25. 17 to the end. The final countdown. So oh. last, last, episode, last episode of the chapter, right, of the book. Last episode of the chapter. <laughs> it, it is. It is that. So yeah. it starts with obey your leaders. Yeah, that's not one that's very popular right now. <laughs> the idea of obe obeying leaders, I think that there's a general, and this happens a lot of times whenever there's like a new president or something's happening politically, or we always have the question of like, I don't know. I always, I think I've never heard this verse without like someone referring to Hitler at some point. Like, what if it's Hitler or something along those lines? Just the idea of like, sometimes you got some bad people in leadership. <laughs> it sucks. I mean, yeah. we, we had this whole conversation in Romans because he says the same thing in Romans. Yeah, and I don't remember how I answered it then, but I think you pointed to the fact that Nero was a guy. Yeah, and that happened around this time, and it's not as though that the rulers were quite good then either. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They were they were pretty atrocious then in a lot of meaningful ways. Like throwing your brothers and sisters into the Colosseum, for yeah. example. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not up to scratch on what the Greek there is for the leaders. And I don't know if that's just governmental leaders that would fall into like Romans 12 and 13. Sure. But this one, I, I, I would think it would be a stretch to jump all the way to political leaders. Yeah. But it is what's triggering my mind. But but here the context is like, hey, pay attention to the people who've come before you, the people yeah. who've been giving you the word. It seems to be more of the spiritual context, at least in this book. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Right? That reminds me of James that not everyone ought to desire to be a teacher. For they're going to be held, you know. Yeah. So... Uh, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So it definitely seems like this is spiritual leadership. Spiritual leadership, yeah. Right? Um, yeah, I mean... But even to this point, though, the idea of having someone who is spiritually... That, that you, you... What's the word I'm looking for? That you submit to. 
even in the spiritual context, is still maybe even more so less desirable in, in the culture of today. Yeah. Like, isn't this kind of the issue with, like, celebrity pastors, if you believe the, the full narrative? Like, every celebrity pastor, like, they are running rampant. There's no accountability. They don't submit to anybody. And part of what it seems here is, like, no, there's a value in having people that you trust who love you and are able to hold you accountable. Yeah. I have no idea what just happened with that Matt Chandler thing. Yeah, I'm really curious about that too. I have not. I haven't, I haven't studied it. I haven't looked into it. Yeah. Because it feels like gossip. And maybe this is where the, this part of our conversation comes to a close soon because we don't end up being there too. But I just don't like it. Oh, no. What I don't like is the uh, the litany of Christians who do like these reaction videos. That's what I'm saying. Right? That's, that's why I'm like, not participating in the air quotes study of the situation because I don't like the gossip. Yeah. So it's just, you know, you're doing these reaction videos and cultural commentary. <laughs> Whatever. Um yeah, so obey your leaders, and it's just to the point of uh, submitting. It seems as though, from the few headlines that I've seen, that even Matt Chandler submitted. Yeah, he he submitted to the the church body. That's like, hey, maybe you should not be in leadership at this exact moment. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's just taking a seat on the bench for a while. Yeah, right. And yeah, I I mean I don't know I don't know my thoughts on it because the text just tells us to obey our leaders, right? And particularly, I think it's an assumption with uh, leaders who are in line with the clarity of the gospel, right? And some might say, well, (laughs) you know, we have so many different churches and so many different denominations and this, that, and the third. Like, yeah, like steward your conscience well. Mm -hmm. So if something violates your conscience, you really got to take that before the Lord. But there is a clarity to the gospel that's very, very much in the pages for you to obey the leadership that is walking and in keeping with gospel truth, right? Well, I mean, the languages obey your leaders. So there's no real, it doesn't seem like this could be uh, accurately applied to, say, me and Joe Pastor on the internet all of a sudden wants to take me to task on whatever. It's like, I don't know you. You're not oh, yeah. a, a leader in my life. Like, you might be a leader there. Yeah. But, like, I have a community that I'm a part of, and yeah. I have people that are yeah. leaders in this respect that yeah. I would very readily be accountable to and yeah. be submissive to. Yeah. And I think that that's the context. And, and maybe this is just also highlighting the need for this kind of community, the need for uh, interacting with people and and not just being online consumers of yeah, yeah. spiritual content. I mean, think of uh, Peter and Paul, right? When I think in Galatians 2. I withstood him to his face. Yeah, and Paul just stands up and is like, like, no, no, you're not in line with the gospel. And I think the text is silent on it, but you it, you would seem that Peter kind of receives it and is like, whoops, right? Yeah. So even the leaders, there is a mutual coming under the full authority of the gospel, Absolutely. right? And I think that is uh, too often lost, manipulated. Um, yeah, that the clarity of gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, is, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to your identity as a son and a daughter because the redemption through his blood that then calls us to live holy lives because we received righteousness as a gift and we are slaves to righteousness, no longer slaves to sin Mm -hmm. so that we don't give any permission to the flesh. Mm. And all of a sudden that becomes a very clear call for us to live by while at the same time, always being tender, kind-hearted to one another, speaking yeah. the truth in love mm-hmm. so that when we have conversations or things that are required, we do it from a posture of 
complete care and love for one another, but then there is the willingness to mutually come under that leadership because we're informed by the gospel. Yeah. And I think that maybe these next couple of verses actually do give us a little bit of it. It's not super explicit, but it gives us an insight that like to the person who's writing this, that there's a level of accountability that they are expecting to yeah. have with other uh, members of the faith. Pray for us, those who are the leader position, for we are sure that we have a clear uh, for we are sure that we have a clear conscious desire to act honorably in all things there is even a, a a willing to say hey listen the way that we practice this the way that we live this out needs to be done honorably it needs to be done with a clean conscience and if there's ever a moment where that's violated you're not only praying for us but you're keeping us accountable when it comes yeah. to this thing yeah there is a there's a body that holds accountable. I do have questions about, I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you sooner. Huh. Right? I, I mean, there's, there's another path to travel down. But okay. just, this is always a question of mine. And although I have a pathway to walk down where I think uh, I got some sort of answer, at least boundaries for an answer, it's still a curious thing. That mm. in prayer, I urge you to, I urge you the more earnestly to do this, which is do what? Pray for us. Mm -hmm. Submit to your leaders. In order that I might be restored to you sooner. Hmm. Is this... uh, Is this like Jesus at a city where he can't work a miracle because of lack of faith? Or is it that the author of Hebrews, if it's Paul, he's right now not in proximity to them, somehow in prison or distant. Hmm. So pray in order for this thing to happen, right? I can think of Peter when he's locked up and the people are praying for him. What is it? Acts chapter 10, maybe? Yeah. Change just pop off. <laughs> yeah, the angel old. shows yeah. up and it's like, because of the door. Yeah, so the, the power of prayer availing much, this is the point, that the question of the power of prayer availing much ah. in order to restore, in order to actuate something that is being prayed. Yeah. Right? Which again, the weight of, uh, the weight of authority lies with who? Right, so obey your leaders, pray for Interesting. us, and now your prayer actually avails something. So the authority lies where you see how it's this inversion of the seeming hierarchy. Yeah, so that I'm a leader. I have power. Actually, no, you have the power. Your prayers yeah, have power. You pray for us. Right. It's interesting. Now pray for us so that I might be restored. So, again, you get these elements of the upside down kingdom that are being presented. So, yeah, questions and things I have. On this last couple of verses. Yeah. Right. One thing to be certain, uh, there's value in community, obeying leaders and submitting to them, and value in prayer. Yeah, right. What, whatever it all actually means, we should continue to pray. We yeah, so the question, community. Yeah, the question then becomes, well, I have this leader that I don't think I should submit to because of X, Y, Z. Well, check your motives, check your lives. If Are they preaching the truth as it is in Jesus? And I think one fundamental thing, I I fundamentally believe this, is... From our vantage point of reading the text, if your leader is not preaching a gospel that says that in Christ by faith, you are transformed and Mm -hmm. that you are a new creation. So you have the empowerment through the spirit to actually live according to the righteousness that is yours as a gift. It's a big red flag if a leader is positioning you as less than what the text says because, oh, well, we know we're always going to be this. That is not what the text says. It's very interesting because you you see stories and accounts of spiritual leaders manipulating authority to some version of like 
your heart's deceitful. You can't trust your own gu- guidance. You, you got to submit to someone else. That's a losing game. If that's the belief, if that you cannot trust your heart because you're bad. So listen to me because my heart's less bad. Well, it's because now I'm distant from the thing that I, my my temptations are not your temptations. So I have a different vantage point. All right. But maybe. Yeah. But then that goes against scripture that says, uh, that in Christ by faith, uh, behold, he's made all things new. Like not only is he making things new, but he who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come, yeah, right? That yeah. you actually have a soft heart that receives the indwelling Holy Spirit so that the law is written on your heart, right? That he saves us from lawlessness. He calls us to live holy as we are holy. He calls us to live in the righteousness that we've received as a gift, And then he tells us that we have the mind of Christ Mm -hmm. so that I can't position myself as the byproduct of everything that's happened to me and then have some leader position me in that and then give me strategies to keep temptations at bay, although I'm always going to be less than, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's in that place where I'm always like, listen, I know there's a lot of well, we all don't... It's it's tough because there's so many godly people that might not be 100% on board with like free from sin and that sure. whole deal. And like they have wisdom and they know the Lord in deeper ways than I do, that we do. They were walking with the Lord forever and maybe they have some hangups with verb, whatever, right? Sure. We're getting to the heart of... You test the spirits in the same way the text tells us to test the spirits. Mm -hmm. We can test leaders, right? And the spirit that they're being guided by. Hold fast to what is good. Oh, yeah. And as you press, you press it against what the text says, Hmm. right? So it's not even so much like a blanket. And actually, this is really helpful. It's not necessarily a blanket submission to a leader, to a person per se. It's... When a leader gives you a piece of whatever constructive criticism, a, a word, guidance, a rebuke, whatever, you still take it to the scripture. You still take it to 100%. the Lord. You still taste. You'd still test it. And I think that that's the thing is that unfortunately there's a, a culture in which it's like yes, no, everything or nothing. We and maybe it stems from uh, well-meaning, but maybe it also stems from laziness, in which is just like I just want things to be simple. Just tell me what to do. Yeah, and this is where you know. And this is a low-hanging fruit, and it's probably way oversimplification, so excuse me. But this is where, say, the final authority of, say, someone like a pope, right? Mm. Where that criticism is like, well, instead of having one pope, now we have hundreds of thousands of little popes where you make your own decisions, right? Uh, But at the end of the day, you know, there's plenty of Catholics that disagree with Francis now. And because of conscientious holding fast to something, they can't go with him in certain mm-hmm. places. So we have an innate understanding that we have to steward, we're the steward of our own lives and our own conscience. Right. Right? And that no man on earth, whether it be <laughs> some supreme spiritual leader, can actually violate the integrity of my conscience. Mm. And so in obeying my leaders, I cannot violate my conscience before God, right? Mm-hmm. Not to get too deep, but this is exactly why we have the First Amendment. Mm. Why? Because 
the government needs to recognize the civil liberty of having a conscience that comes under the authority of God, and that is somewhere the government cannot intrude upon, right? Mm -hmm. The distinction between a civil liberty and a civil right. Civil right is given, civil liberty is recognized, Mm -hmm. right? The civil liberty of my mind as the ground that is subject to a greater authority, which is God. So if I have natural governmental leaders, their authority knows a limit, They cannot intrude on my conscience. They cannot violate my conscience. I cannot violate my conscience just because of some governmental dictate. In that same way, we do not violate conscience even as we obey our leaders. We seek to obey them, but we press it up against the word of God. A very practical life-lived example is you and I both know of instances where the gospel and the text has been clearly demonstrated to leaders, Hmm. and they do not agree because of some prior bias and mm-hmm. prejudice mm-hmm. against holiness and righteousness, right? Sure. Do not listen to that leader. Yeah. Like now all of a sudden it's like, mm, why? Because if you press it against scripture and they are fundamentally disagreeing with scripture, you cannot violate conscience, right? Absolutely. So it's, it's that place where, yes, obey your leaders, Right? In but the if, Lord. Yeah, in the Lord. But if your leader now starts denying the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> you well, still have to obey your leader. And, and and this is the thing that we see in, in in the previous section, verse nine, don't be led by don't be led away by diverse and strange teachings. It's like, yes, the context of obeying is someone who is not delivering strange and perverse and diverse teachings. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Whether it be me yeah. or an angel yeah. of the Lord yeah. who shows up and doesn't preach this gospel, yeah. have nothing to do with them. They're yeah, because then, yeah, because Paul in another spot, like, yeah, he says that, right? Yeah, he literally says that. He says, like, listen, this is the thing. If an angel that, cause, comes, because then that's if, if we're going to put a hierarchy, yeah, your pastor, your mm-hmm. bishop, your pope, mm-hmm. an angel sent directly from the Lord, mm-hmm. presumably, mm-hmm. There's, there's a hierarchy there, mm-hmm. but even then, if it's in, if it's not in accordance with this revealed gospel, yeah. no. Do not listen. That's strong. That's really strong. Real strong. That's real strong. Uh, and then I'm always reminded, uh, you know, First John 2, is it 1 or 2, 26, 27, where he's like, you don't need anybody to teach you. Yeah, isn't the wild thing? Huh? Himself teaches you. Yeah. It's like, what? See, all of this stuff is spiritually discerned, and it's not just one hard blanket statement. I think mm. too often we come to the text, and we want to make the text be this hard blanket statement in all places at all times when that's not really the way the text works. So earlier back to our conversation, when you say obey your leaders and then somebody's like, yeah, but what about Hitler? It's like that has to do with your hermeneutic and posture (laughs) of your heart way more than what the text says. Right. That's an indicator that like, let's talk about hermeneutics and how we actually submit to the authority of scripture. Sure. Because if you think that by elevating one bad leader, you falsify what scripture actually says. Because that's then what's that happening. Says something about your belief in scripture. Yeah, because that's what that's what's happening. If you use this verse and your first gut reaction is, I can't do that because of Hitler, what you're actually saying is scripture is wrong. Yeah. So like not how do I fit scripture into a yeah. healthy life practice and all the context in which it brings to the table. Yeah. And not to beat a dead man, but don't worry the dead man don't feel it because he's dead. Like if you're free and dead to sin, that is not permission to go and sin. Yeah. That's exactly how Romans chapter 6 starts. Shall we continue in sin so that grace might abound? No. Why? Because the question that's being answered is, Paul says, hey, we're free from sin. Well, what? So what are you saying that we're just go free to sin? 
are we going to continue to sin so that grace may abound? Like, we're going to go back to what we've been freed from? No. No. So it's that same posture. So what are you saying, then, that I'm just free to do whatever I want? Okay, we're starting back from the beginning with you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, we got to finish. Right? Gotta finish. We've just been going. I love the way this benediction, I read this often at church. Right Now, may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I appeal to you, brothers, bear with my word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. You should know that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom I shall see you if he comes soon. Greet all your leaders. And all the saints, those who come from Italy, send your greetings. Grace be with all of you. You see, he actually um, greet all your leaders. Hmm. The same verbiage, right? Yeah. So it's very, very directed towards spiritual leaders. What's that to me in 21 is the idea of God's going to equip you with all the good things comes in the context of submitting and being a part of this community. Like, And, and this is certainly true. One of the ways that God grows you in this truth, one of the way that God's, God matures you is in direct response to the community that you carry. Yeah. Um, let me say a word as we conclude. Mm-hmm. Submission is not surrender. Mm-hmm. You do not surrender to your leaders. You don't surrender your conscience. Right? You don't surrender your conscience, right? You submit, right? And you submit according to the revelation, according to the teaching, according to the instruction of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Your will, which would lead you to surrender, your actual power of your will, that which is proper to you, is never to be relinquished Mm -hmm. to another. Mm -hmm. You always retain it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Even, even under the lordship of Jesus Christ, you will to be made willing Mm -hmm. via his wooing. You with me? Sure. You will... To be made willing via his wooing. Mm-hmm. So that it's never just like a wholesale surrender. It's a, I mean, it's surrender in the sense of like you yield yourself to him. That's an yeah. act of your will. It is not a complete bypass. You're like a passive agent mm-hmm. in this thing, right? Where too often I think that sort of sentiment gets communicated. Interesting. Where you're a passive agent. Yeah. And I know that you used to pray that kind of a thing. Where it's just like, God, just completely remove my will. Just like make me a vessel. And like, sure, there's language where within within context that makes sense. But like what I was intending to communicate was like, God, take away every little bit of agency that I have so I could finally just live up to what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And maybe God is on the other end of that. It's like, that's not what I want for you. No. Like, I actually want you to be you, mm-hmm. but the you that I created you yeah. to be. You are a moral agent. Yeah. And in Christ by faith, you are a free moral agent agent so you will to do his will because you have been wooed mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so in that same vein we obey our leaders those who also will to do his will because they have been wooed and they are under his lordship apart from that <laughs> yeah be careful right but we're thankful that we are under the lordship of the lord jesus christ Amen. We have one more of these that we're doing? We got the wrap-up. I guess we got to talk about some things that we appreciated in the chapter. All right. See you there. See you then.